0: This is the G-Podcast with your host, Tommy B.
1: Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to This is the G-Podcast. Yes, yes, yes. What's up, y'all? <laughs> Got to do it. Got to do it, man. Each week we do news, politics, pop culture. They're out our tea from the one and only Tanya B., but she is frozen this week, y'all. Good. <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, even the ATL hit 18 this weekend, so... Get well, Tanya B. Get well, Tanya B. Uh, bye, Tlaib, and the one and only political analyst, Harold Michael Harvey, are here. And uh, we're going to do news from Syracuse, Mike. But before we get started, uh, I got to shout out the Newsmaker crew for episode 209. Uh, of course, Tlaib and Bye. But uh, first appearance in 2024. Y'all give it up for the one and only H. I call him HMH, Mr. Harvey, Tuskegee's Best, the one and only com. Yes, sir. Thank you. Harold Michael Harvey, you've had a couple of books out before, uh, since you've been on the show. So bring people up to speed with what you got at com.
2: What's going on? Uh, well, I think the, my new book is uh, Watch Night, uh, which uh, delves into this issue of Watch Night. Um, but I tell the Watch Night story, through uh, the lens of the church I grew up in. We were organized on uh, January the 1st, 1863, came together out of fear of what would happen uh, at midnight, uh, at least when the sun came up on the first because Lincoln had proclaimed that um, uh, formerly enslaved people would be free on that day. So they uh, came together, worshiped and prayed. And that tradition, uh, is was held throughout the South, and so I uh, wrote uh, my church history starting on um, uh, January the 1st, 1863, and ran it up uh, to a uh, 160 year history, uh, concluding in um, 18 in, in 2023. Um, good stuff. I've yes,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I've got two projects that I'm working on for this year. Um, I plan to um, have a book on the Young Thug trial, and I'm also uh, next year will be the 50th anniversary um, of the of the first black elected officials in Macon, Georgia. So in 1975, Macon elected five black members to the Macon City Council, and so I'm I'm going to write a book. About those five gentlemen uh, gentlemen and one lady, at least four gentlemen and one lady. Good stuff.
1: <laughs> was Elaine Lucas on? No,
2: I'm just joking.
1: Elaine <laughs> Lucas was probably the she eighth was close.
2: person. She was the eighth person elected to the council. Yeah. My, a black person. My brother Gerald was the seventh person elected. Yeah. Um, and you may know Henry Ficklin. Yes. Henry would have been the sixth because uh, one of the first five, uh, Eddie Smith, Reverend Eddie Smith, uh, Dewey's father, mm-hmm. uh, Reverend Smith moved his family from South Macon over into Cherokee Heights. And as a result, he, that moved him out of the district. Yeah. And so Henry Ficklin ran for that seat in a special election and became the sixth person elected. And um, Gerald came in and um, Uh, three years later
1: yeah shout out to the good people in macon um and and definitely you know i I was joking but but for real uh, the one and only elaine lucas does great work in that city still is doing great work in that city and her husband of of course david lucas uh, has been representing
2: the state yeah oh excuse me in fact what made what made uh that race possible was uh her husband david lucas was a state representative. I believe he was elected in nineteen seventy two. And one of the first things that he did was to um, draw up uh district lines that would enable black sale participation on the Macon City Council for the first time. Good stuff, good stuff. And, and and we're gonna get into the young
1: thug when we start our discussions. So but great stuff. You got a you know prosperous twenty twenty four ahead. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah that's dope. Yep, big time, and, and there he is. Y'all heard him. Y'all heard him. Is this is dope because today, y'all, <laughs> January twentieth is National DJ Day. Y'all give it up for the one and only, still doing his thing on the wheels of steel. Y'all give it up for Talib Shabazz. <laughs> yes, how you doing, man? I'm I'm glad you made it, man, because you know you were kind of traveling. Yeah. Travel is kind of crazy, the air, yes. or
3: whatever, the roads, the air. Yeah, I was in the air today. But yes. yeah, it's been, you know, with the weather and everything being what it is, you know, I was expecting more delays and stuff. My my flight got a little delayed today, leaving out. So, um, but I'm here. Glad you're and here, you're ready. man. I'm yeah.
1: going to give you your shine, man, on the ones and twos too, man. Go ahead, <laughs> give it to you. Yes.
2: <laughs> I have,
1: I have, my, my ones and twos are collecting <laughs> spiders and dust.
3: But it, it makes no a, good prop. It makes it's, a good
1: oh, prop. Oh, let me tell you, it's a great prop. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is a conversation starter. <laughs> yes. And, and y'all know who he is. Y'all know. Absolutely. I'm not going to say at this time, Bob, but y'all know he is, he is ready for the divisional rounds of the NFL. Y'all give it up for the one and only. Yes. By the country commentator, quick word on this weekend. By you got a word for the weekend, for this because you know the NFL. Let me tell y'all a quick story. In a, don't go against NFL on television. I, oh, that's no, all Lord, I have to say. Never. The Emmys had the worst <laughs> <laughs> ratings ever. Try to go up against these games on Monday well, night. Do not. Horrible. Do don't not.
0: Matter. It don't even matter what game
1: you got playing. <laughs> No, it does not matter. <laughs> <Don't>. A wedding, <laughs> don't, do <it. laughs> don't, don't do it. Don't do yeah, not do it. Don't do but, it. But what are your thoughts for the weekend, Vi? You know, I know you got a lot of stuff going on. You got more than football, but, you know, football yeah, is your thing. I
0: truly do. But, uh, hey, uh, my thoughts for the weekend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say the same thing that Tanya been trying to tell her for the longest, and you've probably been sending it to. The COVID is out there, people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. If you don't think it's out there... <laughs> You are kidding me. I, said, I called my and I said, "You sound pretty bad." She said, "I got the COVID." I said, "Oh yes, yeah. so he's out
1: there." I got into a conversation with somebody, and I know we're going a little bit long. We appreciate y'all, but I got into a conversation with somebody, and they were telling me, "Ah, oh, COVID is over." Oh, no. I said, "Okay." I said, "Yeah, it's over <laughs> as a pandemic." <laughs> but I see. I mean, I'm wearing my mask. I, I still wear my mask in the grocery stores, man, because people well, are calling. I ain't
0: went that for you. It got, I haven't. I because they. It ain't really touch anybody I really know who had it lately, lately, mm-hmm. but uh I know people who has gotten it. I'm going, dang, yeah, it's still out
1: there. Yeah, I mean I only wear it when it's gonna be close quarters mm. and and people don't cover their mouths still. It makes in sense in these, these stores, man. Probably. Well, yeah, yeah. So For you, you should, well, since, yeah. since you've never had it. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Well, you know, I don't know if I. <laughs> yeah. I, think I, I think I had it by. Hey, you know, we have told you you. I think I had it by. I think no, I had uh, it by four no, times.
0: No, no, no. <laughs> if You had it. You will know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It, it ain't like to walk around flu or cold. <laughs> <laughs> All right,
1: y'all. All right. Why are you crazy? Hey, let's right. go ahead and do this, man. Um, here's the deal. Let's go ahead. Something something a little bit different this week with Tanya BVN being out. Let's go ahead, uh, and, and the group will take a break, but we'll go ahead and do news with Syracuse Mike, and uh, we'll come right back. Here we go.
4: News team, assemble!
3: It's time for the Week in News with
4: Syracuse Mike. A short-term deal has been reached in the Senate to avoid a government shutdown. President Biden met with congressional leaders Wednesday concerning the national security supplemental package. But Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson says he told the president we must have change at the border, substantive policy change. Democrat and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer was more optimistic while recommending a compromise with Republicans.
3: Any party that says do it my way or no way, we're not going to get anything.
4: The Washington Post is reporting that the judge overseeing the Georgia election interference case against former President Donald Trump has scheduled a hearing for February 15th to look into recent allegations that Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis and her lead prosecutor engaged in an improper relationship and mishandled public money. In the court filing this month, Michael Roman, a co-defendant in the Trump case, alleged that Willis was in a romantic relationship with special prosecutor Nathan Wade. Willis hired Wade to assist in the election case. He is in the middle of a divorce where Willis has been subpoenaed to appear in his divorce proceedings. Thursday, Willis also filed a motion, claiming that Wade's wife is interfering in her Georgia election investigation. Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee... Is also directing Willis to file a written response by February second. The report is out, and the U.S. Department of Justice called the response to the 2022 school shooting in Uvalde a failure. Texas State Senator Roland Gutierrez: Those cops were cowards, and those kids were braver than the cops. About the 20-minute mark, there was a call from Chloe Torres. Chloe said, "We're in here. We're in here. Come get us." And no, uh, no help came. A billionaire couple is giving millions to Spelman College in Atlanta. The donation comes from Rhonda Stryker and her husband, William Johnston. She is the billionaire granddaughter of the founder of the medical device maker, Stryker Corporation. And he is the chairman of the money management firm, Greenleaf Trust. The news was shared with students at the College for Women on Thursday. Our long-serving board trustee, Rhonda Stryker, and her husband, William Johnston, have decided to donate to Spelman College, $100 million. That was Spelman Board Chair Lavette Russell. Spelman said it would use $75 million of the money to endow scholarships. The rest will be used for other projects. It's the largest ever single donation to a historically black college or university.
1: Man, let me say this. I am happy for Spelman. I, I truly love that West End area, you know, and, and and definitely, Mr. Harvey, you can relate, and and, and you too, uh, definitely, uh, Tweeb, you grew up around here, mm-hmm. um, you know, from, uh, you know, what is it, Shrine of the Black Madonna, the bookstore, the the best fish, uh, was it uh, Fish Supreme oh, down yeah, the Yassin. street? Yes, oh, yeah, scenes. Oh, yes. I still get my hair products at the West End Mall. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I'm just here to tell you man I hope that Spellman takes that twenty five percent and just redo they they redo the entire area you know mm-hmm. i I know they're going to use uh seventy five percent of that toward the endowment um but but I hope that they really take what what do you think uh h m h uh mr harvey what are your thoughts on
2: that uh, it's good to have uh, rich white people on your board <laughs> <laughs> You, hey, here's my other yeah, question. My, my grandmother, <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: you're right. Mother, you're right. Yeah, my, yeah, my grandmother, her mother, um, and my wife, uh, all Spelmanites. Oh wow! And, uh, you know, so I'm happy for the school, but uh, it, it just goes to show you um, you, you got to have some money uh, people uh, on your boards who may one day give um, significant contributions back to the school. And, and that's a that's a complete podcast that we could have
1: when it comes down to black organizations that are being funded, you know, by, by white benefit benefactors, you know, people who are donating this amount of money, the largest in HBCU history. Uh, Talib, you had something to say then by. Mm-hmm,
3: um, well, I, I really just hope that um, Spellman um, does what they're supposed to do. And we don't hear, you know, three, four years from now, that you know somebody took some money <laughs> and yes. ran off with it. You know Absolutely. what I mean? I agree. When you've got an endowment that large, um, you know, that that's that's creating a situation ripe for corruption. Yeah. Go to you by Well, I'm like, yeah,
0: I hope they do so with the money because From my understanding, can my daughter work with the students over there at the Spellman, Morehouse, Clark University College. They're dorms. Mm-hmm. Why are they dormed in such bad shape? Yeah, so now no. they got the money. There's no reason for this to be anymore. Right? I, mean, I don't want to hear this time about it's tradition. Tradition? What? Living in slums?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I mean, that, you know, get rid, okay, that, hey, hey, get, get rid of that tradition. Hey, <laughs> hey say uh, for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
0: come on, now. I mean, come on, I to work with them they, and the kids. Yes. They say living condition in the barracks is just it's unhur- yeah. It's unbelievable how bad it is and I'm thinking
1: let me tell you guys I I was I was uh actually accepted to Clark it was was Clark College back then yeah BAU. and that's the thing that turned me off when I went on the college tour you know and I hate to say it I mean you had mold you had you know even at Morehouse you know there, there were weekends where you know some of the students would come to where I eventually went to school and they would say damn uh Shit, our dorm. I mean, they had a rainy weekend, and, and and you know had water coming in the dorm. I mean, that doesn't diminish uh, the uh, reputation of, of the school and, it and you know, the quality of the education. But it I doesn't. agree with you, by that physical, the physical plant, yeah. got to bring it up to speed. You can't. Well, think it, yeah. If you can do better, yeah. Why do don't that. the kid? Why don't <laughs> the kid
0: deserve a nice place? I mean, I understand the education is great. I hear it's great. The status yeah. is high. But should my living living condition meet the standard of the education? So where well, is all this money
1: going? Then i if they're not helping, me, if they're not building these dorms up. Well, I hope that twenty five million <laughs> definitely goes toward not only, uh, you know, definitely renovating the campus or the campuses, but also the area because you can make that situation an incubator because there's so much promise before somebody else comes over and grabs it because oh, yeah. I know mm-hmm. the property is 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 undervalued. One more, one more, unless you have Mr. Harvey, one thing. Uh, we'll end the whole HBCU discussion with you, late Okay. Uh,
3: really, you know, after visiting my son at Alabama State, <laughs> we realized that, you know, I, I don't know, maybe it's something to keep the kids humble. You know what I mean? Because every HBCU I've seen has got at least one or two dorms that look like, yo, what? I mean like when when i was at uh i had a couple of friends at morehouse in the in what they called the units and there was a pipe that went through the entire went through two people's dorms dorm rooms and the hallway came out of the ground and just made a nice little (laughs) (laughs) let me say this i was a dorm i was a dorm
1: director you know proctor ra whatever for four years and The school. I mean, that they weren't going to let that happen. I mean, even though yeah. it was a state school, but mm-hmm. I, I do. I agree with y'all a thousand percent. Um I don't push the narrative because you know, you know. But but this is a lot of money. <laughs> it's a whole lot of money. Okay. Yeah. I mean, of course, uh, you know, people can look at Harvard and some of the blue bloods and and some of the Ivy League schools and say, well, they get a whole lot more. But this is a significant push. I mean, I, I haven't. I don't remember anything like this since what uh, Cosby, uh, yeah, the Cosby's right. gave to Spellman back in the day. So, mm-hmm. so this is a, a fantastic opportunity for the yeah. school. All right. Anything else, Mr. Harvey? Then I'm, let's jump right into it unless you have anything else to say.
2: Well, well, you know, one of the reasons you see the conditions at HBCUs that you see that y'all have talked about is because they don't have the resources. And what has happened right. in this instance is, is that a member of the board of trustees who, um has some financial wherewithal, have has stepped up big time and donated a hundred million dollars uh the school has um already decided how they will spend it 75 million dollars goes into scholarships and 25 million dollars goes into um um whatever and i, I would imagine infrastructure re- maybe building new dormitories uh redoing the ones that there are you know i attended an hbcu um at Tuskegee uh, Institute mm-hmm. I did not live on campus I mean every year I was in college I lived off campus
4: mm-hmm. and
2: many of my uh, friends who lived in dormitories always would find their way over the house and would sleep on a couch or a sofa <laughs> in the recliner. Right? and maybe that had to do with what the conditions were like it in did. the dormitory you know I can't yeah. speak now on now, it about Tuskegee
0: and, I'm sorry go ahead <laughs> <laughs> if,
2: I, if I just
1: dead set. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's why i said that's why i stopped baker i <laughs> stopped
1: myself <laughs> because let me tell you let me tell you vine i went to troy okay was it straight down highway 22 was uh, highway 22. so we point. had a bunch of we had folks from Bama state come up
4: we had mm-hmm. folks from
1: skeegy come up and they would say damn
3: why are y'all why are y'all is so nice <laughs> I'm like,
1: Ralph Adams,
3: <laughs> That's yeah. I said. Yeah.
1: George Wallace, <laughs> right? But yeah, I hate for it to be that way, but mm. damn!
0: I'm trying to tell Mister Harvey saying I know that the schools are underfunded, but I'm, my thing is now they got the money, so what the schools gonna be now? All I right. had to say was Ralph Adams,
1: <laughs> <laughs> George Wallace. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> I'll leave it yeah. there. Hey, y'all, let's, let's go ahead and do it. Harold uh, Michael Harvey, man, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, thank you for taking the time and, and definitely jumping into our foolishness today, but I'm a little giddy because <laughs> it's football weekend, so sorry you got to deal with this. Right. But the big thing, um, the Young Thug trial, uh, kudos to you for taking the time to really uh, cover this because it's been going on. It, it seems like it's not close to a stopping point. So I think people aren't as engaged. They're going to get engaged probably as it gets closer to a jury. Mm -hmm. Would you, would you agree that it's probably, I mean, when it comes closer to a verdict is what I'm saying, that's when people get a little closer engaged. Well, not that they're not with the report.
2: Go ahead. There's one major problem with the trial and that is the judicial management of this trial. There have been too many uh, recesses for days. There have been too many half days. You the judge will tell the jury to come in at 930 and we're going to start about 10 and we're going to go to 12 o'clock and they and they don't get started until 1030 or 11 and then around noontime because he's got to go off to do some other to handle some other administrative duty uh, because he's the chief judge of the court. He recesses for the day. You know, so the fact that people can't get into the trial is it's been disjointed. You know, you have a whether it's the prosecution um, interrogating a witness or whether it is a defense attorney cross-examining a witness. They get to a point and the judge will suspend court for the day. And then there have been twice. For instance, the court hadn't met in over a week. Wow. They took off last Monday. They took off Monday for um, ML King Day. That's federal holiday, and that was appropriate. Uh, but he gave the jury and the, and the attorneys the entire week off. So they'll come back Monday. Uh, they had three weeks off in November. So the problem, the reason people can't get into it is there is no flow in the trial. Uh, what the state is slowly and meticulously laying out there rico uh case at least the foundations for this being rico and and um but but the but the uh interruptions in the trial that are that are being spearheaded by the judge no problems with the jury i mean one day you had one juror who got sick and so of course they couldn't have court on that day but most of the interruptions of this trial is because the judge want to go off and do something else every friday he has military court he has some duty where he adjudicate cases uh in military court and wow. so he has to be there by one o'clock he'll suspend court at 12 on fridays so you know to me for a high profile case this is the worst um judicial management of a, a major trial that i have ever seen uh in my life and i've tried some major cases Mm-hmm. Okay, and yeah. and on a major, uh, high-profile case, you know, you want to get to it, and 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 pound it out for three, four weeks until you come to a resolution. Yeah, you know. Hey, and you know I- what?
1: Let me let me stop you there. That's in, in my opinion, that's what people have become used to in some of these other high-profile trials. You pound it out. You pound it out. It seems like you can understand the timeline. And you can sit through the process knowing that the process isn't going to be lengthened, you know? And, and it, what, it, what it sounds like to me, cause I, I, I appreciate you saying this cause I did not know me that they were going through this. And, and what it sounds like to me is it, it's going to lengthen the trial, which means it's also going to raise the cost of the trial, which is going to hand it's, it's
2: coming out of Fulton County's pocket. Am I correct? You correct. And you take the, uh... I don't know. Probably uh, for their six defendants, at least five of them have public defendant, uh, public paid attorneys.
1: Yeah.
2: Young Thug is probably paying his own counsel. (laughs) But the other lawyers are being paid by the state by the taxpayer, Fulton County taxpayers, which I'm one of. Um, You know, so how long is this going to go on? Yeah. And and and, uh, of course, the judge is getting paid. And then you take these jurors. I don't know. Where they are in their employment history at this point in time in their life, <laughs> but if they're not retired and getting some and getting their retirement, there's no income coming in. If you got to go f- to work, uh, you're missing that income. And what you get paid for the trial is twenty five dollars per day, and you don't get the twenty five dollars <laughs> until the trial is over with. Lord, so let's say two years down the road, they may have a lump sum wow. of money, but the light bill comes due every month. Right. You know, the right. grocery right. bill right. comes right. in my house, comes due every week. I know, that's right. You know, so um, the, there, there's a lot. I, I think to me, the, the big main issue in the trial thus far is not whether well, or not Young Thug uh, and his cohorts are guilty or innocent, but it is um, the the manner in which justice is being administrated and managed by Judge Euro uh, Glanville. Now, yeah. here's a judge who one day, because... I wouldn't back down on a case and insisted upon uh, prosecuting the matter on behalf of my client ordered me to come in the court the day after Christmas. My God, when Hmm. somebody else was sitting on the bench and he didn't even come in that day. So I I know he understands the time process because he Mm -hmm. made me come in on the 26th of December, one year, probably 1997 and 1998. Well, let me, let me say this: it, considering the fact it took what
1: a year to even come up with jurors, okay? Mm-hmm. Or I forgot how long if it, if it was a year, but
2: it was close, pretty close to it, nine months, I think. They gonna burn through jurors. Am I correct? You correct, and 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 what he did is, I think they only have either five or six alternates. Right. One has already been dis- one jury has already been dismissed, uh, for an illness. mm Hmm. So, you know, so you, so you, so that's one less alternate and depending upon how long it, it goes, you, you know, there may be not be anybody, uh, sitting to overhear the evidence, at least not 12 people cooking the side case. case, yeah, all yeah. that has to be factored in, um, uh, you know, so, so to me, that's the, the, the big story coming out of this trial thus far after two months or three months of litigation. Uh, is the manner in which the trial is being managed by by the trial judge? I'm coming to you, to lead.
3: Um So, Mr. Harvey, do you think that is there some kind of punishment or consequences that happen when a judge drags his his butt like this, like they're doing in this in
2: this particular case? Well, you know, judges. Uh, there's the Judicial Qualification Commission that mm-hmm. hears complaints about judges, you know, if if someone raised a a broad complaint for them, they have to look into it. And, you know, I think it's quite obvious to uh, people in the legal community who are watching this trial. What I'm saying is quite obvious. You know, the public hadn't gotten caught on to it. Uh, Although, you know, I've seen some on-site messages where people are talking about the delay. Mm -hmm. I mean, he'll have you come in at a certain time, and it may be an hour and a half or two hours before he gets started for the day. Now, what is he doing? Probably hearing cases, other cases handling other legal business in his chamber, you know, so he's not prioritizing this trial. The state said this is a big deal. The state contends that they, I don't know if it's true or not. Their contention is that they are shutting down a major crime racketeering operation uh, that not only deals in drugs, but in 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 murder, right. uh, and that they think is so important that that they threw this big RICO uh, dragnet uh, mm-hmm. on the, on these uh, people, but yet the court doesn't seem to uh, have the same urgency that the public interest may be served by coming to a resolution in this matter. You know, right. e- either. Um, young thug is a rap artist who is engaged in criminal activity to the point of not only selling drugs but has ordered the hit of other people or he's not right and the public has an interest in knowing whether they are either eliminating someone off the street who's doing that or Mm -hmm. that person can go free now i'm almost almost to the point now that uh if in fact if i was representing one of these guys I would renew my motion for bond so why should you have those guys been sitting in jail since 2022 okay right. they have presumption resumption of innocence I don't know if they're innocent I don't know if they're guilty but I know they've been sitting in court since um, May or June of, or August of 2022 we're now in December of I mean, January of 24 and it looks like The case will still be going on next January at the rate the court is allowing testimony to be heard in the case. You know, so I will be jumping up and down that I need a I need a bond for my guy. My guy needs to be out of there. And Um, you
1: know what? Let me let me say this Um, for the Fulton County Jail, as horrific as the conditions have been described, um, it's not a good thing to be backed up uh in a case. At it's all. not at all so they need to expeditiously <laughs> get people up out of there you know what i mean it, it does not make sense that you are elongating or stretching out lengthening a trial it just does right. not make sense because I, I would imagine it's like a uh you know it's like a train on a track i mean if you've got cars in front of you then the cars behind have to wait right. there's some are certain trials that aren't going through because of certain trials. There are others, maybe even smaller trials. So that that does not bode well for people who have been in jail in the jail uh, for a long period of
3: time who can't get bail. And, mm-hmm. and then really, ahead, what, does this, what does this mean for like the Trump case? Because I mean it's Fonnie Willis doing both of them. So now she's got to split her time between these two major cases and then whatever other little workload she might have in the district attorney's office too.
2: This, I mean, this doesn't even make sense. Well, you know, actually, she has two different team of attorneys who are handling um, uh, both cases. Both cases. So, so, so the lawyers who are trying the the Young Thug RICO trial would not be the same lawyers who will be trying the uh, the uh, Trump RICO uh, case. Okay. You it. know, so uh, and, and then there are you know other. I don't know how many members are in the uh, district attorney's office. How many attorneys okay. in that office? But other cases are ongoing, right? Just where we have a um, um, sort of like no, no urgency to get it done is in this particular trial before this particular judge, yeah. you know. And um, you know, so I, I don't I don't think what's happening in this case will will affect what will happen in in the um, in the Trump prosecution. Mm-hmm. Well
1: let's move let's move and and I'll give you a chance to jump in here Vi. Uh mm-hmm. let's move to what you heard what we just heard on Mike's report about Fonnie Willis. Um the facts are there. Okay. Uh based on the facts you the facts only that you're hearing right now. Um what are your thoughts on 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 these allegations? Well, <laughs> not any facts yet. They, they are well, all... no, I mean no, Sorry, but what I'm saying mentioned. is not not based on the facts <laughs> that she's laid out in but I mean, based on the reporting, based on, you know, the fact that the judge has has planned a hearing for February 15th and the fact well, that they've, well, they, they've asked her to respond by February 2nd. So they're not simply looking at this as tabloid fodder, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I, I, I agree with I'm, I, I'm not saying this to dismiss it, uh, because I think a lot of it's probably tabloid fodder <sighs> type stuff. But the fact is, we she has to respond by February 2nd and there's going to be a hearing on February 15th. That's uh-huh. what I'm
2: asking. Uh, well, let's back up. Okay. First, and let's understand something. When when um, the defendant's attorney filed the motion two weeks ago, she had to respond. Anyway. Right. Okay. And, and under the rules um, of of a procedure she has 30 days to respond so when the judge set a date of february the 12th and then set uh oral arguments or a hearing on the matter uh, a few days uh later that's just part of the process it's so procedural he ordered her to do anything that she was not already obligated to do and when mm-hmm. the when the allegations were made she said she would respond and she would respond in court which is where her response should be to these allegations. If an allegation is made in in a court pleading, that's who you talk to. That's where it's going to be resolved. So it's not for her to come out in the public and talk about it. So all we have right now are allegations of a criminal defendant who's trying to wiggle his way out of uh, his criminal prosecution by uh, muddying up the reputation of the, of the uh, county district attorney. Now, that's what we, we are. Mean, yeah. Right. Tlaib.
3: I, I just find it hilarious that, uh, well, not really hilarious, but I find it funny that um, this is the second accusation that Fannie Willis is facing over some alleged sexual misconduct thing by the Trump team. I'm like, you know, what is, what is, <laughs> what is, your fascination with this woman's sex life. And, and you know, I mean, I could see where that might be, you know, um, an issue if the lead prosecutor and she have a, um, you know, some kind of relationship going. But the first accusation, I mean, that didn't have nothing to do with nothing, you know? It's like, you, I feel like they're grasping for straws at this well, point, well, you well, know? here's the thing.
2: And black women need to to really be very careful sort of separated themselves from the black man their protection mm-hmm. and so and, and they've forgotten they, they think they've got some sort of uh, black woman magic mm-hmm. but white men still look at them as black people
3: right
2: and so what do they do so how so how mm-hmm. do you attack a black woman who's who's digging into your stuff who could end your political career who could send right. you to jail? is that you talk about them sexually, you try to get somebody to mm-hmm. um, to disapprove of their right. behavior. Right. And who was Donald Trump? The biggest sex offender to, out there. To talk about <laughs> anybody sexual uh, right. habits. Right. Exactly. And, now, and now, let's look at it. She's not, even if the allegation is true, mm-hmm. she's not in a relationship with a subordinate employee. Right. The, the man is not on her staff. Mm. He's an independent person. He was brought in for this particular case. Right, I don't know what the facts are in the relationship. When she files her, her response on February the 12th, we'll know more.
0: Mm.
2: When they engage in the hearing, uh, I believe it's on February the 15th. We'll know more,
4: Right,
2: uh, you know, but until that time, they're just speculations and allegations. Trying to tarnish the image of this black woman, mm-hmm. and black men need to. We need to protect our women. We didn't protect the sister up at Harvard. Mm-hmm. We didn't. Mm-hmm. We didn't protect her. SCLC didn't protect her. The NAACP didn't protect her. The um, none of the major civil rights organizations yeah. protected that woman. And she lost her job. I had to re- had to resign, and right. so that's what they do. They get you you are opposed to their position, mm-hmm. and so then they try to settle you up. Right. So how did they settle the president, the first black president of Harvard University? Right. What did they do? They yeah. said that academically she wasn't sound because she plagiarized uh, her work. You know, I was uh, in 12th grade, taking 12th grade uh, English Lit, um, and we had to write this paper, mm-hmm. and I laid out Elizabethan English to a T, <laughs> and because I read a lot, uh-huh. and because Baldwin was one of my favorite authors, okay. I noticed that Baldwin would always put a quote as he mm-hmm. began a title.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: and so I did I quoted Baldwin on mm-hmm. on a paper on Elizabethan English during the time period of William Shakespeare okay and I had it the first quote but I didn't end the quote but I was a very controversial black student mm-hmm. who had integrated that that school <laughs> and the teacher said I plagiarized my report I left high school not knowing that I could write and the thing I wanted to do most in my life was to be a writer. And I left high school not knowing that because they accused me of pleasurizing a paper that I had written to the teeth. And yeah, you right. can't forgive an end quote. Obviously I wasn't saying it was my quote because I've got a quote at the beginning mm-hmm, and I right. got the name James Baldwin at the end of the section.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, mm-hmm. so that's how they attack people um who are doing good they try to go at you trying to say that you don't measure up so now right. they're trying to say that Farney Willis is a worthless human being because she had a, a romantic maybe have had a romantic relationship with someone on the prosecutorial team now it doesn't affect the facts in the Trump case right. I mean Trump called the Secretary of State of Georgia and asked for 80 Eighty-eight thousand yeah. some odd votes. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. th- that that fact is never going to go away, and yeah. it doesn't matter who stands up in court and uh, produce the evidence against him in that case. That's mm-hmm. never going to change. Right. I, I want to mention
1: something. Uh, you know, Latish James, Tisha James, in in New York, uh, mm-hmm. has has dealt with uh, some of the same stuff mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. from uh, the Trump. Folks, um, and and quite honest with you, to be quite honest with you, Talib, this is all, um, this is strategic when it comes yeah. down to, yeah. to Trump. Trump has been doing this, you gotta, what's his name, Cohen? Mm-hmm, uh, yeah, this Michael is Cohen. no, not Michael Cohen, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, Trump's yeah, old guy, yeah, the yeah. the Trump's father's, the family attorney taught him this, okay. He taught Trump how to use the National Enquirer to do this. He's doing what this is in his M.O. So knowing, quite frankly, that this is what he's going to do. It didn't surprise me. Uh, What surprised me most is how deep and how salacious he's willing to go, because the next thing that concerns me is now the divorce that's happening with um, attorney Wade and his wife and the fact that she's got a restraining order on the wife. Uh you know, that it's it's starting to become that and again, I don't remember his his, uh his first name, but the first the guy Trump's trainer, the guy who trained him to be who he is today.
2: Right. I wanna say what's that? I think it's Ray Coin, but I could be Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, and you know, for for the sake of history you can you can Google it, but he was the one who was Trump's dad's attorney. He Trump is who he is because of Roy Roy Cohn. Roy, Roy. Okay, his name is right, Roy right. Cohn, and this is a kind of a typical Roy. If you read, Roy, it's just like we were talking about. I was having a conversation about Southern politics, and you can't talk Southern politics without talking about Atwater. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I'm saying. You're, you're a political strategist. Um, this is, I mean, this is what he does. So knowing what he's going to do, you can you, you probably should think ahead and right. plan and know that if it's in your closet, it's coming out. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go to you, Vi, and, and then we're gonna go to the next thing unless you have another another thing to close it out with. But Vi, go ahead.
0: Well, for one thing, they're not, they're only telling the, uh, I guess, the, the salacious stuff that they want you to know. Like the guy is, he's been separated from wife for two years.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not like he's was a married man. Yeah, he's married, but him and wife have been legally, I ain't gonna say legally, but they have been not. They have not been with each other for two years. Like they said, the only thing you can really try to get her for, they're trying to say she used funds to pay for mm-hmm. a, an exotic vacation for him. Other than that, like my man HM said, she ain't done anything wrong. Like he said, mm-hmm. he, he's not on his staff. He's not been with the woman for over two years. He's been trying to get a divorce for the past two years. So if mm-hmm. she ain't spent, if she has not spent any money her on the campaign where she put the use on this guy vacation. She hasn't done anything wrong. That is her private life. She can date and see yeah. what she wants to see. Knowing they're not mm-hmm. on her staff. Or they could be on her staff, but they gotta be equal to her. Can't be what beneath her. So it's not right. a power thing. Yeah. So from let me say saying, let me, yeah, he's, lead, he's a lead attorney. So they're on the yeah. same level. So she hasn't done right. anything wrong. It don't look good when you say the way they say it, but if you get mm-hmm. all the facts, you realize but she really ain't done anything wrong unless right. she spent the money. If she ain't spend the money, she ain't done anything wrong. Like Michael Harvey said, the facts are the facts. Dude, you did after the you divorce, you did after the divorce. Did you or did you not?
1: Let, let me ask you, yeah. Vibe. Vi, considering the cult-like vibe from MAGA, do you think they'll believe that? No. What you just said? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm asking... No. I'm, I'm asking, I'm asking you based on what we have dealt with for the last, I don't know, eight years. No. The they no. can hear Trump say
0: something right out of his mouth, then he can kind of twist away when they are it, they're gonna believe him, even though he said it verbatim. Like right. Trump can say the sky is blue. the next mm. day, Trump, you said the sky is blue. No, I didn't I said it was purple. And they're gonna believe he said it purple, even though we got proof. He and me saying he said it's blue. He yeah. is like God to them. And
1: some people believe he is like God, so. No, <laughs> no, because I because part of me says, and I'm, I'm going back to you and let's wrap it, Harold Michael Harvey. Part of me believes that this is all fundraising. This is another fundraising letter. Okay, these are fun. This is about fundraising for him. Okay, I'll go to you. Let's let's close out the funny Willis thing. I'll I'll give you the last word on it, Harold Michael oh, okay. Harvey. Okay,
2: now t- two things to tell us h- how much validity there is to the allegation. Number one. Hmm. Uh, Sadow, who is a fine uh, attorney However, my experience with Sadow is that he is a good plea negotiator but Trump has hired him to try this case Um, but when the allegation was first made, he said that I wouldn't necessarily uh, pursue that unless I had evidence which suggests to me that this material was brought to him and he passed on it two days later but the next day the same at the same time Trump seized on it and began to berate uh Willis for being um, for for the alleged allegation and two days later say Dow don't write her a letter doesn't pick up the telephone but post on X That she owes the public an explanation. Yeah. So now he's falling in line with the Trump thing. But legally, he knew, or he knows that there is no foundation for these allegations. And I believe that this same information was brought to him, and he didn't use it because he 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 is a principal attorney.
1: You know the Uh, irony in all this is there there in the election fraud case. There no, there's, there's nothing there either. You, you under, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? I mean, there's evidence of fraud, of of them attempting fraud, them attempting fraud, but there is no evidence even going to Rassberger and the state of Georgia. There's no evidence, but yet they want to admit that there is. So, yeah, I mean, it just goes down to the, the cult-like, uh, and it's unfortunate, uh, you know, it's unfortunate for... Uh, for Tish James, for Fannie Willis, uh, I, I agree with you. I'm glad you said what you said, Harold Michael Harvey, 1,000%, because they know the vulnerability and they're gonna attack every single vulnerability uh, with, without conscience. You, you can have somebody, if you remember back in the day when um, he passed away um, from Arizona, uh, a congressman, uh, when he was uh, running against Obama and the woman stood up and said, hey, he's a Muslim and Senator McCain stood back and said, he stood up and said, no ma'am, I know this man, I know his, fam- his family. Nothing, to, I mean, not to say it was a bad thing, but he said, I know who he is and he stood up. You just don't have that anymore. You're mm-hmm. not gonna get that anymore. You're not gonna get it from Nikki Haley. You're damn sure not gonna get it from the guy who just left, um, Tim Scott. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, what? And I'm surprised. You know, I'm surprised so there up. you go.
0: I was yeah. surprised to find I mean I, shame on me I did not think I thought nigga Haley was white oh no dog
1: no <laughs> you haven't been listening to the podcast <laughs> I, said, I said shame
3: since I have been paying attention more than what I said
0: shame oh, on right. me for thinking that
3: <laughs> no nah, bro I, she does not she does not present like a brown person.
1: <laughs> no, she does not. and, 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 and that's and, and, and it's unfortunate that that's another whole podcast about you know first right. generations you mm-hmm. know' and, and it's, a, it's another full podcast. All right last thing uh, Harold Michael Harvey man I, I appreciate it. you giving some real good insight man. I appreciate it. Again go to HaroldMichaelHarvey.com. Uh you can see your blogs and everything on the young thugs case, on the young thug case. And, and definitely some of this as well. Um, but you know, one this last thing. And, and I refuse to contribute to <laughs> someone else's agenda. I do, uh, anybody seeking, um, uh, you know, because clicks and likes through absurdity, I refuse to to, uh, to, to fall into it. Uh, I'm not gonna mention any names. I just want to discuss the facts. Okay. Uh, it, it, you know, I, I, I want to focus on educating and dispelling misinformation. And, and that's why when I saw what I saw, um, I, I invited a political analyst, um, someone uh, with history uh, who understood civics uh, on this podcast to come in and talk about the Electoral College and the importance mm-hmm. of staying engaged in a presidential election. Right. Again, I'm not going to get into the the foolishness of names and name calling um, because um, it 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 can be strategic in right. an election year. You never know who's getting paid. You never know who's been told to plant certain stories. Right. So I think the best thing we can do is dispel. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so you know even in, when others advise against. What you should do, the right thing, you know, here's the wrong thing. So, Harold Michael Harvey, you have the floor, and you know what I'm talking about. This whole point about don't worry about the president, whoever's president, or the presidential
2: elections. I got you. You talk about an underground rapper who um, told his. Or comedian rapper, yeah.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah, comedian, told his followers that um, uh, because the. Uh, Electoral College actually cast the final vote for the president uh, that black people should not go out and vote for the president. They should concentrate on the senators and the representatives. Well, you know, and he says that you really, that by voting for the president, you're really not um, casting a ballot for the president because of Electoral College. He's he he he's got a little information um but it didn't have enough. And and although the Electoral College does, what what happens is, is that citizens will go in each state and and they will vote for who they want to be president. And um, whoever wins that state's um, uh, majority vote on, uh, on the first Tuesday of November in December, their electors will go to Washington and cast a ballot. And 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 there are a few states that allow an elector to uh, cast his ballot for someone who didn't win um, that state's plurality, but that's usually not the case in, in in the great majority of the fifty states. You know, so and I,
1: and I think Nebraska is one of those states. I mm-hmm. definitely, yeah, Nebraska is one.
2: Go ahead. So so when you cast your ballot uh, for president, and if you're uh, if your candidate wins the plurality in your state, then a sol- a, a group of uh, e- uh, electors um, who composes the electoral college in your state will then be asked to come to D.C., I believe on December the 20th, and cast your state's uh, votes for that particular candidate. And that's how that's done. So let's say if we followed out the logic of this, Comedian, and and, um, and and you and you didn't vote for for the presidential candidates, but you voted for the Congress and the senators, and so you got the Congress that you wanted, and that Congress that you wanted enacted legislation that you wanted, but the president was opposed to what that Congress put on his desk. Well, then that president can simply veto it because one of the acts uh, one of the duties of the president is to enforce law is to sign them or not sign them so when it comes to his desk he can say i don't agree with this and i'm not going to put my signature on it that's the veto or he can do what they call a pocket veto put it in his desk drawer, in his pocket and walk around with it for i don't remember now maybe 14 days or so and it fails uh you know so uh so that logic from that person uh, he's miseducating people who really need to know, and uh, you know, uh, you, you have these, you have these TikTok and YouTube uh, experts. You know, I sat in the classroom at Tuskegee Institute in political science classes for three years at Tuskegee Institute, one year at Fort Valley State, and um, and I got a a a, a well-rounded understanding of the political process.
0: Yeah.
2: And, you know, so people ought not take their, um, um, their, their, um, their advice from people who haven't had the discipline to sit down and learn what they're talking about. You can read anything on the the internet. If, if you, if the extent of your knowledge is what you read on the internet, you have basically no knowledge at all No, no. because you really got to get into those books and crack the books and, to really to understand what's going on yeah
1: and and one one other thing i I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the veto power uh you, you didn't mention well these are just other things when you talk about the power of uh selecting judges uh appointing judges you you, you talk about the supreme court uh which <laughs> rule of the land you know and and then you even you know go go as far to talk about you know foreign policy and and foreign influence. Uh, there's, there's so much more. And, and the other thing is, you know, my, my concern, and I hope the Democratic party or any of all the parties, when, when this type of thing happens, uh, not only are you asking for people to engage, but you got to do your education. You got to do, uh, voter education as well. I mean, I, I'm surprised that there hasn't been, and, and you know what? A lot of this is probably, we're not going to respond to this because we don't make, want to make it bigger than it is. But I think some things you have to nip in the bud. You have to come out and say, even if even if it's freaking Schoolhouse Rock, <laughs> you know, you make a Schoolhouse Rock video. You not remember, hey, my favorite thing, Mr. Harvey, I know you were in class, but Schoolhouse Rock, <laughs> you know, it did it for me, ABC, Saturday mornings. I'm just a bill.
2: Yeah,
1: that was very good. But I'm just saying, but you know, also, yeah, what, what I learned in, in high school, college, elementary school, you know, right. it's civics, it's basic stuff. The other concern I have, and I'm gonna go to to leave and then I'll go to you Vi. But but the main thing that uh, concerns me is during a a, a presidential election year, everything that's down ballot. If someone says, I'm just not gonna go vote. And you look at who's the number of names that do affect local elections who are going to be on that ballot. A lot of these states and cities coordinate their elections based on the presidential years. So they know that's going to be where the ground, am I right in saying this, where the groundswell Mm -hmm. of voters are going to come in. That's where most, that's where the majority of black people go vote. When it's a presidential year, we go vote. So you got to vote down ballot. And that might include a dog catcher school board. Uh, You know, it includes all those local elections because you know, it's, it's difficult when you have an off year and you got to get people to the polls because people aren't thinking about the big political presidential election. So with that said, I'll go to you, to leave Your thoughts? Let's
3: go to Vi first. <laughs> I, mean, Cause I know thing, why.
1: because you know? because I know why you got I know why. I, I, I go to, you. to Vi. i, got I, got I go to, to I, I, know what you, I know why. But I'll go okay. to Vi.
0: Okay, without saying <laughs> names, I'm going to just say this.
1: <laughs> I just don't what want my to. Y'all do what you say. want to do.
0: <laughs> my grandmas and mamma told me a person who don't know much a really don't know anything, you give them a little knowledge and they become dangerous. Because <laughs> <laughs> that little knowledge they got, they twisted, <laughs> backfolded, corrupted, and say any kind of way they want to say because now cause they got a little knowledge, they think they know so much. And they become yeah. dangerous. And that's what this social media is doing with the influencers. A lot of them like how probably ain't never probably went to school, flunked out. Probably don't pay attention to history, don't know nothing about history. Find one little piece of find one little piece of history that sound good and makes sense to them, and try to compare it to the day's world and just twist it all kinds of away and don't look at and don't look at the big picture of what what, what, what is really going on. So yeah. that person got a little knowledge, so he's dangerous. He's a fool that is dangerous. Yeah,
1: I agree. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this, and I'll, I'll throw it um, to, back to you, Tilly. You can you can wrap it up. Okay, but but I, I will say, unfortunately, um, and this is crazy. A lot of these folks can't even vote they're ineligible wow. either through and you know some of the folks you hear about voting from uh and and i hope one day that we can uh lift the felony ban on yeah. a lot of folks but unfortunately you hear from people with with you know encouraging people to not vote and they can't vote they can't right. even participate in the process and, and and that's the unfortunate thing about it. And that's why I always say, you know, no, follow the money. But let me go to leave. You can wrap it up. And then we'll go back and we'll wrap the discussion up with, with uh, Harold Mike Harvey. Your your thoughts, to, um, now. I know you're ready. I know you're ready yeah, now. Yeah. Um,
3: really, I mean, you, you know, ain't got to hold back for me. <laughs> no, it's not that, it's not that. Not to, you ain't um, got to hold I just, back a, really, it, I just had a brain fart. So um, it, it's that simple. Um, hey, yo, he has but, been traveling today. Yeah, so. exactly, exactly. <laughs> but really, you know, the funny thing is, is that, um, I was also one of those people that questioned the Electoral College before I really understood how the process went. So my thought, the way I always looked at voting is I need to get out to the primary because the primary is where we kind of clear the field to see who is the most um, ready or the most, you know, the guy who would or girl who who would handle the job best, yeah. um, but when it actually comes to the presidential election, I'd write my own name in because yeah. I don't feel like anybody can do a better job than I can, you know. But again, it was just in terms of the president, you know. Mm. I voted in the primary. I made sure that I tried to get my guy into the race. If yeah. my guy didn't really hit the get the race, get to the race then i definitely write my own name in. Um, I think the first time Obama ran was the first time since 18 that I actually voted for a candidate for president. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so my thought, my whole thought process in this whole thing is, okay, so you don't want to vote for, you know, you don't want to vote for the president. You think that that's a waste of time? But how much time do you really spend in learning who these other candidates are? Yeah, The black slate alone just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. You know, vote, vote the black slate. I'm not with that because I don't know who these people are. So now, now I got to start doing a little bit more investigating. I got to do a little reading. I'm trying to find out who these people are to make better choices because the local level is, is the most important. It's where I live. And that's yeah. the way I've always kind of looked at it. So, you know, I I, I, I respect what Mr. Harvey was saying. And, you know, I'm, I've come to the conclusion that, you know, even in a presidential election, sometimes it's not the best thing to just throw that particular vote away, hmm. you know. But at the same time, you know, in good conscience, you know, I couldn't vote for Bill Clinton. Okay. <laughs> Which was but, the first yeah. time I was
1: eligible let me say this to you, man. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a right to vote no right. matter how you vote. Right. Okay. That's your personal choice. Mm-hmm. Okay. The problem I have with this is misrepresenting the process so that right. people don't go. Exactly. I don't care who they vote for. I mean, you know, yeah, I have my concerns. We all have our concerns mm-hmm. and we express them. It's not about uh, who they vote for. It's about misrepresenting the process right to discourage people from voting yeah. i think that's unfair definitely and and that's evil yeah. in my opinion um you know don't misre if, if you've got some insight that you got from the cia and the, and, and you know and the nsa <laughs> and you legitimately mm-hmm. that you can share but you know I, I and i'm gonna throw it back to you i'm gonna let you wrap this up harold michael harvey we'll wrap up you know the show um, my, my thing, I, I, am one of the people who I'd like to see the electoral college go. I'd like to see this be all about the popular vote. I'm one of those types of people. I'm like, look, mm-hmm. I think it's worn. It's welcome out. Uh, let's just go. And, and, and it, there's it, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Harvey, there's a groundswell mm-hmm. behind getting away or, or doing away with the electoral colleges. There's yeah. a groundswell, mm-hmm. you know, because Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. But she lost to Trump, but she won the popular vote. That can happen. It's only happened five. It's only happened five times. It happened uh, with Gore. Uh, recently, it happened with uh, Trump and and um, and Clinton, and it happened with Gore and Bush, where the popular well they lost they lost popular right. vote. Right. Uh, they won the popular vote, lost the election. But it's only happened five times in history. Only five times. All right. Wrap it up, Mr. Harvey. Your thoughts. Okay, uh, last last one, thoughts. Uh,
2: that was a good point by Tlaib. Um I, I have on occasion uh, voted uh, for myself. Not <laughs> not in the presidential race, but I have <laughs> on, on certain local uh, races. Yeah. I've come to the same conclusion. I could do that job better than this person here, and mm-hmm. I'm not going to give him my vote. I'll write my name in. I, no. I understand that. But the elect college system is a system we have, right. I I too think it's a dinosaur whose day uh, has, has come and it needs to be um, put into the archives. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still exists today in the and will be used in the 2024 election cycle. And so something got to give. I am having a hard time with this election. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I really. Do not we like yeah. what my government is doing, um, military, middle, middle, military, Militarily. Yeah, mm-hmm. military mm-hmm. throughout the world. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
2: I've got a big problem with the death and destruction that we have funded and have unleashed, um, in northeast Africa.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what I'm going to do in November, you know. Um, I know what I don't want. Right. I'm not totally comfortable with what I got. And I'm just going to see how things d- develop. And, and as Tlaib okay. said, there are a lot of other candidates um, independently who are out there who are trying to make some waves. And some of them will make their way on the ballot and have an opportunity. And some of them will not. You know, you, you have to have, you have to be on state ballots in right. order to be able to collect some electoral college votes. And so you see, if you were to do away with electoral college, that would be a, that wouldn't be a factor because if you ran mm-hmm. strong in your state, uh, any uh, third, fourth, or fifth party uh, candidate could possibly become the president of the United States. Right. You know, so uh, so I'm having lots of problems, um, but I just wanted to address that thing about civics. I mean, you know, it's the system we got. Um, it's going to elect the president, but your vote in not only in the primary, but also in the general election determines who that person um, is. Mm-hmm. And and, um, you know, so, you know, that's it. I mean, and people mm-hmm. should listen, um, should, should gather their information from, you know, credible sources. Um, and, and you
1: know what? I'm, I'm going to say this and I'll end it. And, and let's close Harold Michael Harvey. Um, you know, there's a thing, there's a thing called voter suppression, okay? And it is a strategy to keep people black people, people of color from going to the polls. okay? Mm-hmm. When our voting, look at look at the Obama phenomena back in you know 2008, you know uh, when, when we're up, when our numbers are up, typically the party wins. when, when it's down, you know what happened right. so it's in it's in a certain party's best interest um that our votes or our black the black vote is down that we don't show up you know state of georgia you know situation with warnock and ossoff if if we hadn't showed out in 2020 those two guys would not be those two uh senators would not be in office True. not at all the black vote drove that, had a lot to do with that yeah. uh Harold Michael Harvey how do
2: people get in touch with you Uh, haroldmichaelharvey.com email me at H.M. Harvey excuse me H.M. Harvey at haroldmichaelharvey.com the uh, website is haroldmichaelharvey.com and um, you know um, all my books are listed there Um, you know Freak Nick Lawyer uh, My C.T. (laughs) Vivian Story (laughs) (laughs) Freak
3: Nick (laughs) Lawyer yeah
1: yeah, he's just catching up, Mr. Harvey. <laughs>
3: <laughs> hey, hey, let me tell you, hey, Mr. Uh,
1: Harvey. Mr. Harvey, me, he is me. he is the core. Freak Nicker. <laughs>
3: you? Really? Yes. Right? Tlaib. Right? Tlaib. Hey, that's Talib's wheelhouse. I mean, right. you Earwax know, was a record store on Peachtree Street. So, you know, yeah, we caught it all, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Talib, hey, Talib might be in some of the videos. Nick
1: <laughs> <Tlaib. Well, laughs> gone wild. Yeah. <laughs>
2: For the students to leave, the students who were, yeah. were arrested during Was that it? period of time, yeah, uh, I volunteered to represent them at no cost, pro bono. Yeah. Oh, wow! Okay, I had I had asked for other lawyers in the Gate City Bar Association to come, and mm-hmm. uh, we all go down and represent these kids. Okay, when the day of reckoning came, nobody showed up but me. I bet they did. so uh, for three or four <laughs> for four years, wow! I handled about 200 uh, cases. Man, uh, I wish I had known. From Friday to Friday. What's that? But
3: what I said, hey, I wish hey, I had hey, known. Hey, hey,
1: hey, Mr. Harvey, I ain't seen leave this excited when you mentioned Freak Nick. It was like a
2: light went off. <laughs> you, you, you need to go on my website and order a copy. <laughs> I just wrote it down. I just wrote <laughs> it down. <laughs> He just hit the buy now button. He didn't even go
1: put he didn't even put it in the cart. <laughs> he hey, wait a minute. You need to send it. Hey, go ahead and autograph it, boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Please. I need to autograph it. <laughs> Notice
2: yeah. it was the bronze medal winner for for uh, wow. twenty twenty. So won a bronze wow. medal for this year in twenty twenty. Wow. That's amazing, brother.
1: Congratulations. See leave you. you just don't know to so, leave.
3: So I need to be contacting Mr. Harvey if I'm trying to the <laughs> off. Right? Yeah, let's, let's do it, brother. Let's go alright
1: <laughs> you All right. All right, y'all. Love getting feedback from wow. you. Positive negative. Uh go go to uh, Castropolis.net, uh, hit the people poll. Love to hear your voice message. Uh, and I'll play back the best. I'm I'm gonna start it off real quick, close it out, y'all. You know, I lived in Dallas uh from nineteen ninety four beginning in 1994 to about 2000. So this is my 30th year of the first time I moved to Dallas. I'm going to give myself a little bit of, of applause when I And one thing I witnessed was the Cowboy dynasty. Cuz when I got there it was Troy Emmett, and Michael. Oh yeah. And and I will tell you it was electric. It was amazing. I never cuz I came from Atlanta. Okay? Right. Football. So <laughs> I never seen anything like this in my life. And, and I kind of feel bad for what the Cowboy fans are going through. And I'm going to say this. <laughs> look at y'all. Because <laughs> I was there, okay? I, I, I feel bad for... Because it was their year. They should have won. But I will say this, y'all. ESPN needs to come off this high horse. Because most of these cats are from New York. They're in New York. They're New York media. They They, they are cheering for... Uh, teams like the Knicks, the Yankees, the Mets, the Giants, the Jets. I'm sorry, New Yorker. But you know how it is. So y'all have nothing to be ashamed of, okay, considering the source, considering the media source. So so um, I'm just going to say that, and I'll go to you, Mr. Harvey. You Go ahead. I saw your hand go up.
2: Well, you know, my my son is a uh, employee. Oh yes.
1: yes, yes yes he is. On that. I don't I, I don't put Coley. I don't put Coley in that in that. You, uh, no, it, it's that list of New York core. You know he, who they
2: are? He's ATL uh, through and through. <laughs> yeah,
1: he is <laughs> Coley Harvey definitely. All right, uh, Vi, you have a well. Did you have a last, a final, just a just a takeaway? Yeah, I got um, something to
3: say. Okay, well,
1: I brought you to leave then invite.
3: Yeah. Okay. I just want to. Um, I don't know if y'all have seen this. If not, I'm going to forward it to you guys later on the day. But there was a guy who did a skit on TikTok uh, about the Cowboys, <laughs> and he was he he basically recreated the scarecrow scene from The Wiz. Yeah. <laughs> you can't <laughs> win. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I say y'all. Y'all, y'all, y'all,
1: y'all. y'all a little bit too harsh, man. You no, can win. We're not. We're
0: not too hard. <laughs> All
1: right, go to you, Bob. Go ahead, Von. We're not
0: too hard, cause y'all already saying the cowboy. <laughs> hey,
1: Bob, go, go ahead and go go ahead and put Vi, put Bo in your lap.
0: Because you the Cowboy <laughs> fans are already saying we're gonna win it next year. We're gonna win it next year.
1: <laughs> I can't Hey, but you know what? I just can't I, I cannot I, I mean they're undying I don't know if it's I delusion, it. whatever. It's just undying. It's, but you know, I feel bad for them this year. because yeah. They should have won. So are they you
0: gonna so are you gonna feel sorry for Bama fans right now? Nope. No. <laughs> oh, but you feel sorry for the Cowboys fans. Oh they,
1: they, Bama just won, dog. Bama's Bama's won. Come on. Come on. It, it, you can't even compare Bama. Come on. That's another idea. You, 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 you can't compare <laughs> the Saban you can't compare the Saban era to what's going on with the Cowboys. Cowboys had won since '96.
0: I just can't because it's just on the fresh with the
1: Saban the, the Bama
0: fan like that now.
1: But, but you know like it hasn't that. been. But but see, they're they're not far removed from being in a championship. Put the problem, the, the problem with the cowboy fans, and and this is where it really is a problem. They can't even win a a game in the playoffs. Well, y'all, what y'all need to do? Is sign a petition
0: and put the, a petition for Jerry. Just said Jerry, sit oh, yeah. down. Y'all was winning when Jimmy was in charge. Yes. Yeah. And the only championship y'all won without well, Jimmy, it was Jimmy team. Instead of winning one, y'all probably could have won three more. Jimmy had to been there. Y'all yeah. haven't done anything since y'all got rid of Jimmy. And It hey, was that one, Troy, Troy,
1: Emmett, and Michael.
0: Troy, Emmett, and Michael. That's all I got to say. You know, he he only hired coaches
1: that won't stand up to him. Yeah, so true. Mm-hmm. Alright, y'all. We <laughs> appreciate it. Thank you so much. leave again, uh, happy... Um, DJ Day. Yes, thank you, thank you, sir.
0: Appreciate <laughs> it.
1: Appreciate it. Again, go to HaroldMichaelHarvey okay. Check out his outstanding books, and and thank you so much, Mr. Harvey, uh, because that's part of our responsibility as journalists. Um, you know, to just to to you know as, as much. We make mistakes on this show. I mean, I make mistakes, but I try to come back if I say something that's incorrect. I'll go back. I mean, I'll come back and and and, uh, and correct it. I'll do a retraction. Vi, thank you so much. And thank Bo. Thank Bo. Please please say thanks. If you ever see you, you check out he, Vi he, on camera. When he's not when when Vi not snacking on on peanuts, uh <laughs> yeah, I know it. Uh Bo is normally running around. His little white. I don't know what that is, but um, you know, anyway. Uh, all right y'all with that uh i i got it i gotta say uh as always and, and i didn't get a chance to do it but big thanks to syracuse mike tanya b vibe lead author political analyst Harold michael harvey thank you so much thanks to the crew millennial nick lady j regia music by dub, all those who help us make it happen week to week don't forget y'all uh you can go to our social media all the links are there uh make sure you share the show with a friend Uh, The 200th episode, Long Sleep Tea, is still available. uh, The uh, proceeds go to the podcast. Uh, Subscribe, turn on notifications, y'all. And with that, episode 209 is in the can. Have a great week. And remember,
3: you can't win.
1: (laughs) Yes, you can. (laughs) All right, y'all. Peace and power to the people. Peace Peace out, people.
3: You've been
4: listening to This is the G Podcast. This is the G Podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.